Venezuela, a country in the northern part of South America, bounded by the Caribbean, rich in nature and culture. It has the highest waterfall and a beautiful Spanish dialect, but sadly, it is home to the largest displacement crisis in all of South America. From being one of the top countries in South America to being what it is today, it has one of the highest rates of um, immigration to other countries in the last five to ten years. Alessia Maragall is a 25-year-old teacher. I lived my entire life in Venezuela. I was born in the 1996 uh, and I was in Venezuela until 2014. And this is Eduardo Hernandez, a senior at USD. I was born in Venezuela and I was raised there until I was about 15 years old. And then I moved to Peru and later I moved to Mexico City. Alessia and Eduardo are part of the 5.4 million Venezuelans who had to leave the country. In the 1920s, Venezuela discovered it was home to the world's largest oil reserves and became one of the richest Latin American countries. But the country based its economy on oil resources. This means when the prices of oil goes high, the country does well. But when the prices of oil collapses, everything goes downhill. In the 80s, when gas prices tumbled, so did the economy. As Venezuelan government tried to fix it, the rich got richer and the poor poorer. So Hugo Chavez came into power. So I was born in 97, Chavez came into power in 99. And at the beginning, there wasn't very, like, very visible changes. I would say I grew up with Chavez being president. Chavez was a former military with leftist ideals who appealed to the poor and with social programs reduced 20% of the poverty. However... At one point, I do remember, like, the, the insecurity in the country getting very big. So, like, you couldn't be walking on the street late at night. You have to be aware of, of where you could go and... and as the situation got worse in the country and people started having a, a worse time, you'd see the crime rates increasing. And that that was like sustained from like when I was younger, maybe four or five years old until the time I left, it continued to get worse. Things began to worsen as Chavez began to abuse his power. He ended term limits, harassed the press, appointed friends with no experience into important positions like the oil industry, nationalized hundreds of businesses, and once again based a whole economy on oil. So when oil prices fell and Chavez's authoritarian government grew, people took the streets to protest. One of the things I remember of, of those times were uh, the marchas, which were like protests of the, uh, the opposite, the people who were against the government would go. And you would see these images of like this huge amounts of people on the street um, protesting peacefully. And then like military going in and throwing tear bombs at them shoot like rubber bullets at the people. I would even have like older cousins that would go to these protests. 
I remember being 12, 13 years old and hearing about all of this and I, I didn't really understand what was going on, but I, I remember seeing the faces and the people around me, images of the protests, and it was, it was astonishing. It was very shocking. Chavez, who had been seen as a liberator, was now a repressor. In 2013, Chavez died from cancer, but put Nicolás Maduro as his successor. In the beginning of his government, global oil prices collapsed, and so did Venezuela's economy. Poverty hit, insecurity grew, food shortages appeared, and Venezuelans had to flee the country. And, and you see families that have been broken up because of not being able to find basic necessities to live in Venezuela. Not even very complicated things, but the most basic things to, to live. That's one of the main reasons people are moving to other countries. And it's very sad to, to see families broken up because of that. After the USA imposed restrictions, an ongoing humanitarian crisis, a mass hyperinflation where the Bolivar is almost worthless, some reforms have been made. Four years ago, you couldn't find um, most basic necessities like for example it was very hard to find toilet paper very hard to find rice now you pay in dollars oh. everything there so the quality of the food is better things that they sell are better because they pay in dollars but um but i also was talking to the to my friends that still live there and they tell me that it's that's only the case in Caracas. Like you go to other cities in the country and it's it's still very bad. Minimum salary, it's like $3, you know, that's nothing. Still, in 2021, things aren't clear if they're gonna get better. The conclusion is nobody can know if it's gonna get better or when it's gonna get better. Um, on the political standpoint, it's, it's not gonna get better anytime soon. So the uncertainty is, is... Maduro represses, censors, and is currently accused of crimes against humanity. He forced Venezuelans to make the decision of leaving their home country for a better quality of life. In Venezuela, someone went went into my house and robbed everything. My parents made the de decision that when I graduated high school, we were going to live. The main reason was my dad's work. I even had this conversation with him like, later after we moved. He, he would not have considered moving to another place for work if it wasn't for the situation in the country. At the beginning, it was it was very shocking because I I ne honestly never expected to to have to move to another country. Um, all my family had lived in Venezuela, graduated school in Venezuela. Some of them went to study abroad, but they all, uh, always came back to work there. So the first thing was that it was very shocking being told that I had to move to another country. It was like a huge impact for me because I left everything, you know, giving up their future because the future they thought they had was long gone. Even if I studied abroad in the university or anything, to go back to the country and being able to contribute to, to the betterment of the country in, in the future, and, and not having that possibility right now as, as I'm graduating in, in the next two weeks,
thought I was going to live in Venezuela, live in my house, be with my friends. And then they told me we were gonna go to the United States and live here. I came here with nothing. Yes. <laughs> like I needed to make new friends. I needed to develop here in Miami, like Venezuela passed through another level. I need to switch my head. I'm not in Venezuela anymore, you know? I think that that was the most struggling thing that I had here in Miami. For example, my generation, the people that are similar age to me, we all lived that period of going through all of the things that were going on in the country, having to leave the country, finding opportunities somewhere else. But that, that also creates a companionship, closeness to, to our identity, no matter what, where we are or, or what we've been through throughout the past years. it was and is a challenge to leave Venezuela, they have found other places they can call their home. I've been here for six years, so now I'm like, yeah, my, Miami is my new home, you know? Once I, I got to Peru and I started meeting the people there, started getting involved in school, it got a lot, of, a lot easier. Of course, in the beginning, it wasn't as easy. Um, and in the end, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to meet um, a different culture and have friends in, in different places. And as they create new homes in different countries, going back even for a visit. As, as a kid that had to move when I was 14 years old, I spent, sometimes I would spend like three or four years without going there. So each time I go back, it's, I don't know, I feel at home. It's, it's very nice. Venezuela isn't only rich in oil. As I said before, it has a lot of great things. The food is really good. Arepas, pequeños. There's this thing called arepas, and, and I remember when I was little, like every single morning there would be arepas ready to eat in, in my house. And that's one of the things I miss the most. And empanadas as well. Empanadas. And pequeños or not? Pequeños, of course. <laughs> Just like many Latin American countries, Latinos have a sense of pride and heritage and their identity through music and dancing. Um, I, was, I wasn't a very good dancer, so I don't know if I missed that part, but I would say that like it was fun. I remember going to the parties in, in like, or going back to Venezuela and the parties. Now a lot of people dance, but it's like, you dance um, with a partner. And mm -hmm. For example, in Mexico, like people are just dancing. So yeah. I feel like it, it's it, like if you're dancing with a partner, it has a little bit more connection. And with some good reggaeton, dancing is always an option. I went to 15 años and like, we sing it and then 
Alexis Zipido went. The reggaeton singers. Nowadays, it's a lot of reggaeton, I would say, but it's a lot of salsa and vallenato. But I remember, like, when I was younger, that the aux cord in my in my car didn't work, so I had to listen to the radio. And in the radio, there was always salsa. There was always like this very light of music, and I would love it. I would be like going to to school at 7:30 a.m. and it actually get me like a better place to enjoy this music and dancing than at the beach and Venezuela has beautiful beaches the beaches are great I love them yeah Venezuela has beautiful beaches and it's it's the Caribbean so it's like very clear water crystalline bright sand but I went to one beach called Los Roques there's a beach named Los Roques and It's like a little set of islands and you stay in the Gran Roque, which is the main one. Literally a plate of a seat. It's, it's pretty funny because you get out of the plane, I remember, and you walk from the airport to the hotel. There are no cars on the island. And then from that one, you take like these little boats to the different smaller islands. Just sand and ocean, like no buildings, nothing built on it. So you feel completely disconnected. Being close to the Caribbean didn't only give them beautiful beaches. It also gave them... That cultural thing is really good. I wouldn't know if it's like a word or a description, but like a very Caribbean culture. Venezuela has a rich cultural heritage because... In the, like, the history of Venezuela 20, 30 years ago, there was a lot of people from other countries that were moving to Venezuela, so the culture has little bits from everywhere. Venezuela's situation is critical, and as Venezuelans flee their country for a better life, their pride and love for their country will always remain. I'm proud to be Venezuelan because Venezuelan people people are like happy, funny. If you met people from Venezuela, you would laugh your ass out. They are really, really funny. They can be really, really sad, but they try to make fun of things so you can laugh. I would say the resilience in the people helping out their families and and. Even though like, you would see Venezuelans making minimum wage or even less, and half of that they would send back to the people in Venezuela and their families over there. So like that connection to family, that connection to um, fellow Venezuelans, no matter what, I would, I would say that's one of the main things um, that I'm proud of being Venezuelan. <laughs>